Welcome to the Mosaic Church Podcast, where we share with you the message of hope and love that lies at the core of the Christian faith. Our weekly sermons delve into the teachings of the Bible and how they can impact our daily lives, inspiring us to journey together towards a deeper understanding of God's infinite love. Join our community of believers as we embrace the power of faith and embark on a transformative spiritual journey. Mosaic Church in Mableton, Georgia exists to lead people to an authentic relationship with Jesus Christ to help them change the world. Now, please enjoy this message from Pastor Broderick Santiago, lead pastor of Mosaic Church. you could turn to your Bibles um, in Luke chapter 10, Luke chapter 10, Luke chapter 10, and also uh, we're going to read a passage from Acts chapter 4. Luke chapter 10, I'll be reading from the New King James Version of the Bible, and we will start with... uh, Verse 27. So he answered and said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said, You have answered rightly. Do this and you will live. But he, wanting to justify himself, said, Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Then Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a certain priest came down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by. Somebody say passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, the Levite actually arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. Somebody say passed by. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. On the next day, when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave it to the innkeeper, and said to him, Take care of him. Whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. And I also want to read Acts chapter 4, verse 13. And it reads, Now when they had saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled and realized that they had been with Jesus. If I could tag a, a title to um, 
this topic, I would simply call it a church that loves, a church that loves. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I graciously and humbly come to you asking that you speak to us all. And I pray that your word is as the Hebrew writer suggests, quick and powerful. Allow the words spoken this morning to edify all that are present and encourage those who are weary, moved by your Holy Spirit, lift your glorious son for all to see how wondrous he is. It is in Christ's name we pray and ask it all. Amen. If I could get you to um, pull up the last picture. Have you ever looked someone in their eyes and you saw lostness? And when I, what I'm describing as lostness, I'm not necessarily talking about in a spiritual sense, but I'm talking about this loss that literally uh, communicates, man, I don't know where I am. I don't know what direction my life is headed. I don't know uh, what my life holds. I don't know. I don't know anything. I, I just feel lost. Have you ever looked at somebody in their eyes and saw lostness? I'm talking about the type of lostness that, that just communicates, man, I don't know if I'm going to make it tomorrow, I don't know if I, I don't know what next week holds. I don't know where I'm going in life. Like, like I'm lost. Have you ever seen that look? I saw that look uh, last Monday. I was sitting in my office with uh, one of our videographers that volunteers uh, with our ministry. And uh, we looked at each other and we said, man, we should go out today and try to capture some stories so we could take those stories and communicate the need to people about how important it is not to just come to church, but to literally take church to people. And we hopped in the the car and we began to drive. We prayed and we said, God, man, just, just show us and lead us to somebody today that's lost somebody that is in desperate need of love, care, and attention. I, I don't, we don't care who it is, God. We just prayed this prayer, and we're driving. And all of a sudden, we see this guy walking. And he had this look of lostness in his eyes. I, I can't even describe the type of lostness because it's the type of lostness that just says, man, blah. And we saw him walking. And I turned to Johnny. I say, man, do you think we should stop him? And we both looked at each other and we were like, man, let's, let's just go further down. Let's go further down. So we passed him by. And we're heading downtown. And we're just having this conversation. And we're praying to God, God, lead us to somebody today. Just show us one person today that we could take this hope of the gospel to. And unfortunately, for some strange reason, as we're driving, man, we're, we're driving around and we literally see in, nobody and, and, and we, we just turn around. And as we turn around, we're headed back to the office and we see this guy again, the same guy that we passed. And he had this, this look in his, his look in his eyes, just, just communicated lostness. And uh, so... 
we said, we're going to stop this time. So we pull the car over, and I hopped out of the car, and like I always do, I yelled. I said, hey, hey, man, do you need anything? And he looks up, and he says, yeah. So he starts running over to the car. I got back in the car. He comes up to the window, and I looked at him in his eyes. I say, hey, man, what's going on? Like, tell, tell, tell me, what, what do you need? He literally says these words. He says, man, I, 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 feel, I feel lost, man. I, I was supposed to meet somebody out here today at the post office, and I can't find them, and now I'm lost. I, I'm just coming from a shelter. I say, well, what type of help do you need? And I think it was pouring down raining this day. He says, man, well, I've been wearing these clothes for the last week, and I haven't eaten anything in like four days. Do you have anything? I say, sure, man, just hop in the car. So he hops in the car. We take him to the office, and literally Mike starts to share his story. He's sitting in the office, and I say, man, what's the first thing you need? And he says, "Uh, well, I could literally use a pair of shoes because I have a a hole in the bottom of my shoe, and my socks are wet. So I go to the back. I get him a pair of shoes, and I say, here, man. Uh, take your socks off and change your shoes so you just so your feet could be comfortable. He says, thank you. Then he begins to open up about a story. And Mike reveals to us that he has HIV. He's been living with it for the last five years, and he takes nine pills a day just to survive. And I asked him a question. I say, Mike, man, do, do, you, do you think God loves you? He says, I, I don't know, man, because everybody in my life has turned their backs on me. Like, every, ever since I had this virus, people treat me as if I'm a disease. Like, nobody comes around, and, and man, I'm living in the shelter, and I literally feel lost. I don't know where my life is headed. And I said, um, well, do you believe in God? And he says, yes. And he quoted Psalm 3 right in front of me. I said, well, what's keeping you from, like, following God in this moment? He says, man, I, I, I just don't feel like God loves me. And I say, what if God had us to meet today, this day, for you to start following him the way in which you should and for you to rededicate your life? Long story short, Mike accepts Christ right there on the spot. And we connect him to um, some services that are, that are helping him to this day. But it's one thing I noticed about this story that I want to share uh, with you. And that is this. I started to think about this story, man, and, I, and I'm literally asking myself, like, what is the church Because here it is, this guy sitting in our office and he believes that he has to go to a building or that he has to be a part of some, uh, this monument and be inside of a place for God to even express the genuine love and care that he needs in that moment. He literally thought that he could never be in contact with God because God doesn't love me because people don't love me. And he's in this place and he's feeling lost. And I'm like, man, what is a church, man? And, and, and I mean, like, if you literally Google the word church, it comes up on Google as a building. 
And when we look at the Bible and and what the church means inside of the Bible, the church means assembly. It means a gathering of people who literally believe in the power of Jesus Christ that literally comes together, unites, and takes the gospel to the world. Here it is. Mike is lost. And Mike's only, his main need was not a pair of shoes, really. Wasn't a change of clothes, really. It was community. Because here it is, it's, this is a person that literally feels separated from the love of God because he had no contact with community. And when we think about the word church, we're thinking about people coming together and gathering and going out and being the community of God and being the light of God in the world to take the love of God to broken people. And Mike was having what I would consider a Jericho moment. What is a Jericho moment? These religious people come to Jesus in Luke chapter 10, and they're trying to jam Jesus up. They're trying to ask him questions about the law, and they said, like, Jesus, who who is my neighbor? And Jesus, instead of responding with the normal answer and making their faith personal, Jesus uh, like overrides that and includes the neighbor. And Jesus says, let me tell you a story. And Jesus starts to tell this story of a man who started out in Jerusalem and goes down to Jericho. Now, Jericho is about 17 miles away from Jerusalem, and it says that it contained thieves and robbers, and it had jagged rocks. So you can only imagine, this is a guy who's literally starting out in a place where the center of worship is. He started out in a good place, and this man goes from Jerusalem to Jericho. And here it is, sometimes in our lives, we have Jericho moments. We start out in good places, and then we find ourselves among things and places where we literally we feel like we're being left half dead and we feel lost. You may be having a Jericho moment this morning where you started out in a good place earlier this year and now you find yourself in a lost place. You find yourself where you were working on your marriage, but now Stuff is a little rocky. You, you found yourself starting out where you had a good job and you were starting out really well. And now you feel like you're in a place where you are half dead. Have you ever been in a moment where you felt like you were in Jericho? A moment where you felt lost. A moment where you felt like, man, I need a little bit more. And Aaron Chambers in his book, Eat With Sinners, says the worst feeling in the world is to feel lost and feel like no one is coming. You ever been in that place? You're like, God, I I just don't know what tomorrow holds. God, I, I just don't know where the money is coming from. God, I don't know and I feel lost in my Jericho moment. Here it is. In this passage, we see a Levite and a priest. And they both represent the community of God. But both of them pass by the man in need. And it does something to me. 
Because here it is, the priests make sacrifices on behalf of the children of Israel to make the connection between God and the children of Israel. And here it is, the Levite cares for all of the temple uh, items, the furnishings in the temple. And here it is, God's presence is there through these men of God, but they pass by the person in need. Have you ever been in a place where you were the person in need and you were lost, but nobody was there? And it seemed like people were passing you by. Here it is, a Samaritan, a half Jew and a half Gentile stops and literally takes church to a person who's literally almost half dead. And I think we learned something very important about a church that loves from this Samaritan. And the first thing is this, being the church assumes the responsibility of seeing things restored. We're all people of faith. We've all been redeemed by God through the work of Jesus Christ. We have an obligation. We've been called by the Great Commission to go and restore things in the world through the power of the gospel, through the work of Jesus Christ. And I feel like we have a responsibility as a church not to just pass by people or not to be the people being passed by, but to literally take the love of God to people who are in desperate need of self-worth and dignity and restore people back unto God. And sometimes we find ourselves faced with our own Jericho moments and we are literally the people who needs to be reached out to. And it's tough and it's difficult. But don't we see the Samaritan, this outcast, this person that's uh, castigated from the community of faith, this person that is looked down upon, still stepping outside of his comfort zone to take the love of God to someone who is half dead? You know, the, the Levite and the priest is like, man, they're dead. I, I got to keep the Mosaic law. And if I come near this person, I will be considered unclean. And sometimes we don't go and take the community of God to people. We don't extend the love of God beyond the church because it's just messy. I was talking to my friend Dave yesterday. He's like, man, he has a, a farm and he's out there working in the field. He says, man, it's difficult to work in the field. Pass by some fields. You don't see a lot of people working in them because it takes work and sometimes it's messy. But that's when God does his greatest work in mess. And sometimes we can't see that. It's because we are scared to be in Jericho, but God resides in everywhere. Not only does he reside in Jerusalem, he resides in Jericho. So no matter where you are at the point, in this point in your life, God is present with you in your Jericho moment. The second thing is this. If we're going to be a church that love, we can look at this Samaritan and say, hey, man, the second thing is we have to be a church that understands its role in the story of God. And I think oftentimes we get so busy, we get so saturated and burdened down, 
not only with our problems and our programs, but we don't make room or enough margin for God to even use us to, in the world to see needs around us. Like some of us, if we were to literally clear off our, some of our schedules just a little bit and just noticed some needs around us, we could literally become the church to people who are in desperate need of hope, love, and care. Jesus didn't have a cell phone. Jesus didn't have a to-do list. Jesus had an itinerant ministry, and he roamed the streets looking for people who were in desperate need of love, care, and compassion. And today, we can't be the church because we think church is going to a building. We think church is sometimes like just sitting, sitting here, which is great. We have to be taught. Uh, the word of God, and we have to be matured in our faith, but it extends beyond that. My stepfather always says that if your ministry starts and stops on Sunday, then you don't have one. And we've been seeing in recent news how this world is in desperate need of God's love, care, and compassion. People are becoming more divisive. People are fighting each other. People are down on their luck. People are being oppressed. People are literally standing and they're saying, I'm lost. I'm lost. Not only do I need some shoes, but I need direction. Can you show me? We have to understand our role in the story of God. And I believe the Samaritan understood his role because a role always suggests that you have an assignment. And if you are a believer, you have an assignment. And that assignment is simply to love your neighbor. And Jesus says at the end of this, at the end of this story, he says, who is the neighbor? Which the parable suggests that everyone is. Everyone around you. When you go into the, your grocery store, the clerk is. When you're on aisle three looking for an item and you can't find it, and the person that's stocking the shelves, he is. The person that drives your children to school, the bus driver, she is. The person who changes the oil on your car, they are. And here's the truth about this parable, that we can all find ourselves in desperate need of God's love, care, and compassion because all of us can find ourselves in Jericho lost. At any given moment. All of us need the church because the church is not only Christ's bride. The church is the body. And the body always cares for itself. Another thing we could learn from the Samaritan is this. Being the church means caring for those who are lost. And I think about Mike, and also think about this guy who fell among thieves. They were lost. They were lost spiritually. They were lost in a sense of physical lack. They were lost 
in a sense of hope and direction. They were lost and not knowing where help would come from because people were passing by. They were lost. Some of you can even identify with that this morning, being lost. And I feel like if we're going to be a community of God, if we're going to be followers of Jesus Christ, we literally can feel that void. We can feel that lostening, lostness by giving people a place to belong. Because isn't that what restoration is all about? That you belong to God? That God is passionately pursuing us and that we have a space and the opportunity to accept Jesus Christ and be restored back unto God. That's the gospel. And this is what the Samaritan did. He says, man, I'm passing by. Not, not, let, me, let me just stop for a moment and just not like, like pass by this person. Let me come to where he is and bring the love of God. And sometimes when we think about mission or we think about going to serve, we're literally taking the love of God where people are. We are residing where people are and surrendering ourselves so God can flow through us work and redeem people back unto himself. Like literally, this parable is the gospel within itself because we can all be the person who's falling among thieves. We were in our poverty in our own sin. We were beaten and, and, and thrown down to the ground based upon our life's experiences. And we were in a place where we needed a savior to come and rescue us and redeem us and restore us back to our rightful place. This is the gospel. I was listening to this worship song this morning and the worship leader said, do you remember the time where Jesus set you back in your right place? Like just forget about this moment. Can you remember the time where you literally found out that God loved you unconditionally? immeasurably. There was nothing that could separate you from the love of God through Christ Jesus. Can you remember that moment where you found out that, man, I don't have to be lost. I don't have to feel like I don't have direction. I don't have to feel like life is so overwhelming because there is a God that is working on my behalf. Can you remember that moment? That's the moment that we have an opportunity to share with people in the world who are lost. That's the moment that we get an opportunity to share with families that are struggling for food, that are struggling to provide shoes and clothes and shelter for children who don't deserve to be in that situation. That's the love we have an opportunity to take to the world. If we're going to be a church that loves. And I'm reading the book of Acts. And the Holy Spirit is just orchestrating the church. Pentecost had come. Revival is breaking out. The gospel is being spread throughout all of the regions. And here it is. 
This lame man who was sitting at the gate called Beautiful gets healed because uh, Peter and John literally say, in the name of Jesus Christ, silver and gold, I have you not. In the name of Jesus Christ, take up your bed and walk. This guy gets up, and by the power of God, he is healed. Now, Peter is in the midst of all of these religious leaders. And Peter doesn't take credit for anything. Peter shares the gospel with all of these people and 5,000 people, it says, were saved. And people begin to marvel and they said, man, they're uneducated, they're untrained, but it seems like they have been with Jesus. And I kind of come here to ask you one question. When you go out of this church today or when you go into the world, are people saying, man, they have been with Jesus. Their prayer life shows that they've been with Jesus. The way that they talk shows that they've been with Jesus. The way that they go through their problems when they feel lost, broke, busted, and disgusted, it feels like they have been with Jesus. I'm telling you, church, if we can ever get there, when we encounter lost people, they'll feel the love of God. We encounter lost people, they'll feel and know that Jesus is real, that he was buried, that he was dead, that he was resurrected, and that he has has the power to give us all life because God is still alive. And if we are going to be a church that loves, we have got to get into the place where we not only extend ourselves beyond the church, but people start to see the residue of Jesus on our lives. I could be honest. Some of us are in church and we still don't feel loved. And if I can be honest, some of us are in church and we still feel like we're in Jericho. And if I could be honest, some of us need the church more than ever right now. And if I could be honest, some of us have even been contemplating leaving the church because of what culture and society says right now. But let me ask you a question. If you are ill, why do you leave the hospital? If you are in desperate need of God to fill a void and you need to be at the feet of the cross, why leave it? And I love this. This guy who's in this parable, they say he was half dead, but he wasn't dead. And the Samaritan comes, and he picks him up, he puts him on his animal, he takes him to an inn, he sets him up. But I love the, the unspoken of faith of this guy who was half dead in this passage. Because although he was half dead, I'm pretty sure he could still talk. Although he was half dead, I'm pretty sure that he could refuse the help. Although he was half dead, I'm pretty sure he could have said, man, don't touch me, just leave me here to die. But doesn't that speak to all of us? None of us want to be left to just die, to allow life to overwhelm us to the point where we can't function anymore 
And this God does not refuse. He doesn't say anything. He allowed God, God to move in his life through the service of the Samaritan. And I got to ask you this morning, have you allowed the church to love on you? Have you been open to community the way you should have? Have you allowed God to pick you up through opening up to people and not saying anything but allowing God to just work? Or are you that person that needs to be moved to action and faith to actually care for those around you? And I'll leave you with this. How do you show people love that are outside the walls of the church. And one of my mentors came up with this acronym. It's called the, the BLESS principle. Uh, the first thing you do is you begin to pray. Pray for those around you. Pray for people in your sphere of influence that God can identify. Um, just begin to pray. Because God may show you someone or show you a need or show you some type of thing that you can do on behalf of God to go and serve. The second thing is this. You got to listen. Uh, listen to those around you. Listen to who God connects you with. Listen without being judgmental or pushed away. Listen. The next thing is this, the E is to eat. Eat with people. People are hungry. (laughs) We took this brother um, to a place across the street to get a meal that he said he never had before in his life. And just over a meal, he shared everything about his life that you would have ever imagined. And we had just met him like an hour prior. This is not just somebody we help. This is my brother now. I don't see him as being someone lesser than. I see him as my equal because that's what the love of God does. Jesus Jesus levels the playing field. I ate with him. Amazing things happen when you just share a meal with somebody. The second S is serve. Uh, see how you can identify needs in a, person life, a person's life around you, and without asking, just do it. I think sometimes roadblocks come up in our lives or uh, barriers come up because we ask questions out of fear. And sometimes if you just see something, you just do it. The Samaritan saw and he just did it. There were no questions asked. It was something within him that just said, hey, I'm just going to do this. He could have followed in the footsteps of the Levite and the priest, but he didn't. He saw an opportunity to serve. What opportunities have you saw to serve or either be served? Because sometimes we can be in a position of resistance. And the last thing is this. Uh, The the last S is just share your story. Uh, When he finished... 
I shared my story. And I gave him a a chance to know uh, what God had done in my life. And the scripture says in Revelation that we overcome them by the word of our mouths and our testimony. Uh, When was the last time you just shared with somebody what God had done in your life or what God is doing in your life? That's how you bless somebody. That's how you extend the love of God outside of the, the walls of the church. Let's pray. God, if we are going to be a church that loves, we first have to be a people who are loved by you. If we are going to extend your love and your gospel uh, beyond ourselves, um, we have to be reminded of how great that story is. Uh, Not only in our personal lives, but of how great it is and what it means to the rest of the world. God, I pray for those Uh, in here this morning who are lost, who feel like uh, they are directionless, who feel like they don't know uh, which way to turn. I pray that you would remind them uh, that uh, just as the Samaritan came to the person who was half dead, you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to come to us uh, in our deadness uh, when life seems like it's, it's not alive. God, I pray that you would revive those who are here, uh, who need to be revived, that you would uh, set them in places uh, to be restored. I pray for every family represented here today. Uh, God, that you would cover and care for all of those people um, who are in desperate need uh, for you to move in their families. God, we love you. We honor you. And we thank you uh, that not only do we have an opportunity to be a, a part of the church, uh, but we, are, we have an opportunity uh, to extend the church uh, beyond the walls and to see needs in the world and to invite people uh, back into the ga- gathering and assembly of uh, your community. Uh, we love and thank you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. Our prayer is that Pastor B said something that moves you closer to Jesus. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, we would like to invite you to follow us on social media at Mosaic Mableton and visit us on our website at wearemosaicchurch.org. You can learn more information about our church, ways to support our ministry through financial donations, stay updated on upcoming events, and find resources to support your spiritual journey. We would be delighted to welcome you in person on Sunday mornings to worship and connect with others. Our doors are always open to those seeking a place to grow and explore their faith. Thanks for tuning in and may God bless you on your spiritual journey.